Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. Certainly hope this is finding you all well. Thank you. Thank you for giving us the honor of being part of this community and allowing this broadcast to come across your radios, wherever you may be listening. Uh, Again, what a privilege that is. So with me as usual this week and as becoming very common is my dear friend, Kevin Robb, R-A-U-B. Make sure you look for him on Facebook and all those social media platforms. So good morning, Kevin. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Well, praise God, brother. And uh, I'm doing well, too. So today, as we record, I'm just going to let you folks in on something. It's the day after Thanksgiving. So I'm I'm sitting here. I'm still dealing with a little bit of shame. I'm just being up front with you. I ate a little bit too much. <laughs> Everybody was at this house yesterday. It was just my sons and my daughter-in-law. It's the smallest Thanksgiving we've had in a while. Just the kids and my daughter-in-law, Madeline. And and uh, uh, so just the kids. And, and, you know, we all were. I was sitting there talking to Madeline and her and I were demolished. Man, we like, yeah, I think we hit it a little bit too hard, and and uh, certainly I hope that you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, by the time you hear this, we're a week and a half past that, and uh, God's been really good to us. I wanted to give you a quick update. We're looking at a couple pieces of land here in South Carolina, and, and we really need your prayers uh, more than anything. Please pray for us during this time. We we hope that all comes together. It shows some great promise, and it would be so convenient for so many things involved in the ministry. So we pray that you'd be with us out there praying for that. We certainly look forward to when we'll be out there with you guys again. Be be praying, be planning. Uh, We have another camp at Southland Christian Camp that's coming up at the end of March, beginning of April. We'll get the date. We'll get the brochure out there. Within a week, you'll be able to find it. We look forward to a bunch of you guys coming over to that Louisiana, Texas, New Mexico, Mississippi, Arkansas, all those Tennessees, all those great little states in that region. You come over and visit us, and uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, Kevin, we picked the word for today, rebuke. And rebuke is, you know, we know the definition is just, uh, it, it's, you know, disapproval or criticism of somebody doing something wrong. That's the, that's the definition. That's the way we define it in the dictionary probably. Let me open it here real quick. And yeah, because of behaviors or action, we express disapproval. So we know the word rebuke is expressing disapproval and uh, disapproval. And we know that we see uh, rebuke is also something like reproved, same kind of word. And, and over in uh, uh, Proverbs 9, 8, it says, reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. So when we rebuke somebody, if they're wise, they, they like it, Kevin. You know, when, when someone comes up to us and says, man, there's a better way to do that, we've got a couple a couple options, you know, and uh, the best option is always like, well, brother, tell me about it. Sister, tell me about it. What can I do to get this better? I mean, what are you thinking? Yeah. You know, the scripture that is in Proverbs, uh, I think that we're covering is Proverbs 28, 23. He that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with the tongue. Right. So, um, yeah, the idea of chiding or reproving, or finding fault, um, with someone, you know, that's never fun. Yes. It, you know, it's not like I would, I would say, Hey, please rebuke me. 
um, I'd rather fix it myself than have someone else have to point it out and say, you know, what's wrong with you? You knucklehead. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but it says here it's, um, you're going to be better off. You'll find more favor than if you flatter with the tongue. And boy, my mind rolls right. I'm, you know, connecting the the next dot. I roll right into the the idea of rebuking better than flattering. So I wouldn't want to be rebuked. uh, But worse is to be flattered and love bombed. There you know, it is. Someone that, yeah. I was going just, there, brother. We can't help but hit the narcissism <laughs> path. I've got it written right here in the side of my Bible. Yeah. Yeah. We meet so many people that have been injured deep down in their soul by by this thing of love bombing, by narcissistic love bombing. And, I, you know, I see it. I, I've had it happen, you know, in my circle. And, boy, it's just a difficult thing to sort out that this person here that's making me feel kind of good eventually you have to flip on it and say hold everything this is you know i i know what you're doing i i I, this is not right so um yeah maybe you were miss uh maybe you were rebuked unjustly before so you know let me give an example of a job if i'm on a job and my boss just literally gives me a hard time for the wrong reason or a coworker gives me a hard time for the wrong reason. Okay. That's bad. And I need to get some help with that. And there need, there's an appeal process there should be. And if there's not, you need to get out from under that boss. But, uh, but, but better than that is to be in a situation where I see it all the time. And so do you, Doug, where, this guy's picking on me. And so what I'm going to do is just talk to a bunch of other people and kind of get this, this gang around me saying it's, you know, you're wonderful. You're great. That's not going to fix the problem unless there has to be, you know, solidarity toward this individual. But, you know, generally speaking, if someone's going through a hard time, um, we don't need to be flattered and told that we're doing you know, if someone's picking on me, if, if my, if my child comes home from work and there's a teacher picking on him, I, you know, the answer is really not to tell the kid that the teacher's just a jerk and that's all the problem is. Um, you know, I don't need to flatter my child and say, well, you're just the smartest one and, and they're, everyone's jealous. Is that really the answer? I mean, there's a time where they need to have their, their ego, you know, boosted a bit, but I'm just thinking, he that rebuketh is better than, than flattering. You know, I'd rather find the truth. And I think God's answer is the truth. Yeah, I agree. And, and looking at that verse right there, right where we're going there in the 28th proverb and uh, in verse number 23, he that rebuketh the man uh, afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with the tongue. And, you know, it, and I think a big reason for that too, Kevin, is so many Flattereth with the tongue, they're love bombing. Exactly what you said, and that's what I have written in my Bible. So many, oh, you're just so great. Don't worry about it. Again, they're trying to hook 
that hook into you, mm. you know, and we see grooming. Grooming just doesn't happen to a teenager in your church. Grooming just doesn't uh, grooming. People start uh, grooming anybody that's susceptible to being groomed. Anybody who's thinking, man, I'm not in that great of a relationship. Anyone who's thinking, man, I'm not being treated the way I should, or the groomer will get you to believe you're not because grooming involves all that. Grooming involves, you know, bringing the person to the place where you need the groomer. You can't get by without the groomer. So you're being groomed. You know, that's where you're going for your joy instead of God. Well, you know, where are you going for your joy? Well, the answer should be God. And, uh, and, and, and then we deal with, you know, as we continue on and we think about those things, then the groomer's going to say, you know what? I'm sorry. People are picking for you. I think you're great. I think you're wonderful. I think you're beautiful. And once the hook is sank in the mouth of that person being groomed, well, then we start, uh, we, we devalue people. And, uh, you know, we're at that place where we say, well, you know, but you'd even be better if you did things the way I like to. Or you'd even be better if you lost a few pounds. Or you'd even be better if, if you would become sexually active with me. Or all these things that are off the table for a Christian is what a groomer does. They, what they do is, again, they distort the image of God and people around you. You know, the idea behind this groomer, this person that's flattering or love bombing, it really, this concept is an evil concept. Uh, and I think they know what they're doing. So the idea is, what can I do? You know, what can this person, how, the, how can this person benefit me? Well, it's as simple as another person in my squad thinking I'm the greatest human being alive. That's, that's good enough for a groomer. And, and so sometimes walking up to somebody and rebuking them and saying, hey, listen, uh, I, I don't think this is a good idea the way you're doing that. I think you're a, a, an okay person, but I believe God wants me to talk to you about this today. I don't want to see you getting in this trouble. There's a way to rebuke that's a godly way. And there's a way to rebuke that makes you a knucklehead. And, and I think, what, you know, that's something that really, you know, we need to think about when we deal with people. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we got to tell people that aren't, aren't doing things and they're hurting us by not doing the things they should be doing to take care of us, to look after us, to care for us. Yeah, they're kind of being a knucklehead, but we still have a godly responsibility to go to that person and say, hey, I think you're failing me. And, and give them a chance. And boy, we don't have to worry about groomers. When we live that life, when we live in the zone of not looking for the love bombing, but looking for what's real, looking for what's godly, looking for what's coming in, you know, where it's coming from, and then things can make a difference. And the problem we have in society today is there's so few people that repute people uh, with class and just say, hey, there's a better way to do this. You shouldn't be doing that. You know, and uh, do you got time to go drink a latte? You know what I've found, Kevin? I've said that to 100 people, and maybe three have said no. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when you say to people, listen, I want to talk to you about this. I don't think you're quite doing it right. Can we go have a coffee? Can we grab a sandwich? Can we, can we you know, have a, a sub together? Whatever the case may be. And then sit down and say what your concerns are. Because isn't that what the Bible tells us to do in Matthew 18? is to just deal with people, be upfront with people, interpersonal relationships. Boy, if the world lived in that zone, well, then we wouldn't have to worry about people coming in and love bombing and because people understand what's godly and what's not. So when we're living in that right zone where we're looking out for people, and shamefully, I've, I haven't always been that guy. 
you know, I went out of my way this this week, you know, and especially with the boys yesterday, and, and they're having friends given right now. They're having all their friends who had to work today, the first responders, the cops, those things. Uh, they're having them over my son's house, and they're having a big get-together. I went out of my way to tell them, I'm really proud of you guys for doing this. I, I'm really, yeah. I'm really thankful that you're doing this. This is making a big difference. I want to tell them I'm proud of them. I, I don't want to just be the bearer of bad news. Hey, there's a better way to wash your car. Hey, you know, you should be doing this, but Hey, we're going to be right back now in this respect. This is, I'm really telling you, we'll be right back. We got to let the radios go ahead and identify themselves and we'll be right back with you. Hey, thanks for hanging with us. So, Kevin, I think we just move on to that next verse right there. And, boy, it got dark out of nowhere here in my office, but it said, Whosoever robbeth his father or his mother and saith it is no transgression. And, again, I, I hate looking at this as the same is a companion of a destroyer. So I apologize. It's dark in my room. I'm going to, in a second, I'm going to give Kevin a second to talk about that verse. And I'm going to get up and turn on my light. Uh, but, the, you know, the person who steals from or robs from their mother and father, and then they turn around and say, this is no sin. You know, there's nothing wrong here. I'm stealing from you. But it's no sin. I mean, you're my mom and dad. You know what? And God's saying they're a companion. Did you see that right there? Of a destroyer. You know, this is bad news here, Kevin. I mean, this is, if you're going to rob from your mom and dad, if you're going to take from the people who love you most, look out for you, who God ordained to be part of your familiar relationship, well, you're no better than a destroyer. What are you thinking, Kevin? Yeah. You know, uh, robbing can be not just money, right? It could be reputation. It could be their... um, their, their, their business connections. It could be, you know, just kind of undermining. And, uh, that's a terrible thing that God is sure enough takes very, very seriously. Um, you know, why would someone do that? Why I'm thinking what, what would motivate a child to steal or, um, to, you know, to take something away that their mother or father's worked, worked for. And, don't you think, you know, the idea of, well, I had it coming to me, you know, I, um, kind of like stealing from, from the job. Well, well, uh, yeah. Look at the, uh, uh, look at the son, the prodigal son. I just want my stuff. I want to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. The, I certainly, they want it. They want what, what, um, they feel they're entitled to it. So it's the entitlement mindset. It's the same same problem that, that most of us face, you know, I feel like I'm entitled to something. David, why did he get Bathsheba? He thought he was entitled to it. You know, he was a King and, uh, he's self self-importance breeds self-indulgence. And so, you know, people that say, well, you know what, I've, I've done what my mom or dad uh, said. I've mowed the lawn uh, every week. And I, I feel like I'm entitled to more than I'm getting or more recognition or more something. And so they start, you know, rifling through the drawers, um, while, while dad's at work and, you know, helping themselves. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's a temptation. I think everybody faces if we feel like we're not getting our fair shake in something, but it's like you said, the scripture is very plain. If we don't recognize it as transgression, then we are going to be, 
It says the companion of a destroyer. Yeah. Meaning we're gonna we're gonna our, our we're in a uh, relationship, brother. Yeah, with a destroyer. With yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the devil, really. That's right. Yeah, we're gonna be stuck in a lot more destructive relationships than just, you know, doing that. We're gonna be people that that walk all over our best friends and our wives and our our own, you know, kids. Yeah. You know, I found myself, it wasn't that long ago, I was in a grocery store and this little boy, he was maybe four or five years old and I, just guessing. And, uh, you know, I want this candy. I mean, just screaming, calling his mom stupid and all these things. And Kevin, I'll tell you, it was all that I had not to turn around and say, listen, you better fix this now. If you think that this kid's bad at four or five, you know, wait till he's 18. I mean, this is a pattern of abuse. And these are these kids thinking they know more than mom or dad. And I'd be willing to bet that that poor lady behind me's husband calls her stupid. And I'd be willing to bet that that lady behind me's husband or boyfriend uh, treats her as if she's of no value. And because that kid's learning it from somewhere. And, you know, and, and so when we say, when do kids like this, you know, come up with this idea and I'll tell you, you know, we play follow the leader with the wrong leaders in this world today. Over and over again, people are thinking they're due, that they should have these things. And uh, people are believing that, man, I should be able to get whatever I want. But we know better as Christians. We're like, hold on a minute. You know, uh, and we don't want to be exactly. around those people. And, and these narcissists, they live in that that uh, that valley, Kevin, these narcissists live in that zone where they think that everything's theirs, that, you know, that they should get everything and everything else that, you know, your husband or wife should always be on. They should always be the bubbly, wonderful human being, even though you treat them like dirt. And, you know, these people around you should kowtow to you. They should help you meet your dreams and help you have your best car. And, and these are the people who are bad-mouthing everybody. So we wonder where their children get that and rob from their parents well they're seeing it they're playing follow the leader with the wrong leaders these guys are out there talking about their neighbors and their spouses and their loved ones these guys and gals are doing that everywhere i remember i was in the army with a guy and this this guy's wife had no respect for him she was always saying he was akin to a loser you know i'd run into her and have you seen my loser husband and one day i said to her i said ma'am don't be like your, your husband's in the united states army he's been in the army for 12 years he's working hard and, uh, you know, maybe you just need to help them. Maybe you guys need some pastoral counseling. I don't know, but we can't find ourselves, brethren, is what I'm saying. We can't find ourselves in that place where entitlement, where we think we are entitled to everything. And we think that we should get everything, that we, we should be at the top of everyone's list, that, that we should be that person that gets away with things and that does things. And, and, and we're not, we're not that person. Only God has certain, we don't want to be a companion of the devil or a destroyer. We don't, we don't want to live in that zone. We, we don't want to be a companion to anybody who destroys anything. We don't want to be a companion to anybody who hurts anybody. We don't want to be a companion to anybody that steals from anybody. And this is a hard thing, Kevin, because you know, it leads us to this place where we're talking to our loved brethren, a blessed, loved brethren here. And we say, listen, if you got a person in your life like this, you got to regroup. You know, in the army, yeah. we used to say it's time to regroup. It's time to figure out who your troops are and who your people are and who's your clan and who's your, uh, you know, who's your tribe is a better word. Uh, clan brings with it a sorrow, uh, a, a very sad, you know, uh, connotation. And, uh, obviously we'd have nothing to do with that, but you got to figure out who's in your group. 
who is, you know, because people will hurt you. And, and there are some people out there, Kevin, they throw you away. And uh, yeah. they throw you away. So that's where they come from. So, so Kevin, knowing this, how do we say to somebody, hey, you know, we're not only, are, not only are we going to be the person that doesn't hang out with destroyers, we're not going to be the destroyer. And, and how, do we, how do we do that, Kevin? How do we tune into that? Yeah, well, what's so good about what you're saying there is God has a way that um, we can, you know, if if we are a companion of destroyers, we can, you know, separate from ungodly people. And the Bible says, walk not in the way with them. And then, you know, if if we're in a situation where the culture of of the uh, of the institution, be it a family or be it a business or a church um, or a unit in the military, if the culture is oppressive, in other words, the only way that people get ahead is by, um, you know, uh, being a yes man or being, uh, someone who, you know, is it, is a destroyer. In other words, they'll walk over the other people. Yeah. They will make you look bad. They will lie about you and people around that leader, whoever's at the top of the chain, the food chain, people are there to be used. And so the people that want to climb up in that are, are going to be, you know, oppressive to people. So the good people, you know, you got a Christian in a family who the, the dad is, you know, he's, he's, he's a narcissist or he's, uh, he's just someone that is, is, uh, you know, the drunk or something. So boy, to be, to, to be able to free yourself from the, you know, being around destroyers like that, I think, like you said, we have to regroup. We have to go and say, um, you know, can we get some counseling? Can we go to our pastor? Let, uh, you know, and, and sometimes it gets bad enough that you have to say, Hey, I'm going to go away to regroup and you can be respectful, you know, to someone, you know, if you're in a job, it's, you know, you can say, I'm, I'm going to quit. And you don't have to say, you know, take this job and put it where the sun don't shine. You can go and actually, you know, say, you know, it's just not going to work out. I don't think I've, I've got the personality to, you know, to, to best engage this, the, the culture of this instant of this uh, corporation, How, however you do it, I want to leave with God's blessing and I want to get away from the destroyer. And I want to, and I hate to rush this. We always get to the end. We always get so close to the end folks. I apologize about that. But like, like Kevin saying, when I walk away, I want to walk out the front door with some pride and dignity and uh, holding to a lineage that comes from God and not being a destroyer, being someone that brings people together, being somebody who doesn't rob my parents, being somebody who doesn't rob my employer, but somebody who cares, somebody who trusts God, somebody who puts God first. Well, folks, we sure do love you. I can't believe these things go by so quick, but if we can do anything to help you make sure you contact us at Doug at woundedspirits.com or out there at the helpful wounded spirits Facebook page. And we sure do love you folks. Listen to every word Eric's got to say in just a minute, how you can know for sure you're saved and Hey, wear a smile out there that only God can give you. We sure do love you folks. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at help for wounded spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. 
you can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.